Hello, and welcome to the Bethesda Podcast feed. It's here you can find all of our recorded services. And for more information, you can visit us at gobethesda.com. We hope you enjoy. Jason, do a great job on Wednesday night. Y'all had a move of God in this house. It's pretty cool. And what I'm preaching today really dovetails with what he preached. Neither of us really knew that. It's so cool how that works. Don't forget tonight, David Smith, 6 p.m., and that's in lieu of First Monday prayer. No First Monday prayer, but First Sunday, Sunday night, we're doing a service. Genesis 2, 7 is where we're going right now. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Everybody say, dust of the ground. Remember that first verse of Genesis 1 in the beginning? God created the heavens and the... And so from that earth, the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. King James, a living soul. Acts 2, 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come... They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And notice this, Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind blowing to the earth, through the earth, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. That's not speaking in tongues there. That's a licking flame of fire, as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We're going to finish our series today, Last Day's First Church. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you for your touch that's already been here. I pray that you would help me to preach. God, help us to hear, anoint the rest of this service. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. The folks in the upper room in Acts 2 were people. They were just people like you and me, human beings, descendants of Adam, made from the same stuff that Adam was made of, the stuff of the earth. Oxygen, carbon, hydrogen, nitrogen, calcium, phosphorus, potassium, sulfur, sodium, chlorine, magnesium, iron, iodine, silicone, Uh, manganese, fluorine, copper, zinc, arsenic, and aluminum. These are the components of the human body. And in Acts 2, those people we read about, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And this was happening, as this was happening, you had this, this wind. Everybody say wind. The text says a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind. And there was fire. So there was wind and there was fire, tongues of fire, licking flames of fire that appeared to them and set upon each of them. So in Acts 2, there was earth, wind, and fire. I'm not talking about Philip Bailey, Maurice White, or Verdine White. I'm talking about a different kind of earth, wind, and fire combination. Come on now. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. When God filled earthen vessels 
2,000 years ago, there was earth, wind, and fire. And when God fills earthen vessels today, there's still earth, wind, and fire. We're going to look at these elements a little more closely, especially the wind and the fire. I think we've got the earth part. That's us. Everybody say, that's me. We're going to look at the wind and the fire. We're going to take off quick, and I'm going to need your help. So I'm going to, I'm going to take off quick. Are you with me? Okay, here we go. Let's talk about the wind. When, when God breathed the breath of life into Adam, he became a living being or a living soul. And when Adam disobeyed God and ate the fruit of the tree, he didn't fall over dead, but he did just breathe his last breath from the eternal realm. In other words, he was cut off from the supernatural wind of God that had made him alive in the spirit. But in Acts chapter 2, God breathed the breath of life again into human beings, earthen vessels, 120 to start, then 3,000 more before the end of the day, soon 5,000 more, and on and on and on. And this was the first time in 4,000 years that this was a possibility because Jesus had to suffer and die and be raised from the dead and ascend into glory for that breath that Adam lost to be regained and breathed again into the spirit of man. That's why Jesus told his followers in John 16, 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. Because if I go away, then I will send the comforter. That's Paraclete, it means to put the life in. It's the life giver. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the pneuma. It's the ruach in the Hebrew. It's the breath of God, the wind of God. So to me, it's no coincidence that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind. And we need that kind of wind blowing again in the church. We have a major problem in modern Christianity. The devil has so many church people in bondage to shallow church. Oh, y'all, I, I, I need some help, man. I'm telling you, I'm about to breach this subject. Shallow church. People will say, are you conservative or are you liberal? You know, like, here's my, a better question. Are you shallow or are you deep? I don't want just a shallow walk with God. I want to plumb the depths of his grace. Amen? I want to plumb the depths of, of his grace. And so many people are in bondage to the shallow. I mean, there's a lot of posing, selfies, duck lips, <laughs> filters, Edits, Paul said this, a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. People will say, I, I go to such and such big name, fancy church, with all the muckety mucks in town, and we just yuck it up for Jesus every single Sunday. They'll pray over meals out loud with confidence and eloquence. They, they'll have great music and professional stage presence great lyrics, great form. They'll mention Jesus, talk about him, talk about the Sermon on the Mount. It all sounds good. But too often, folks, 
I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying something is missing. There's no wind. There's no power propelling them into the depths. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Maybe it's because I'm used to so much more and they're not. It, it, it just it blows my mind, though. It just sounds so prim and proper. It looks nice and all. Great presentation. Form, but just no power. There's just no power there. And I'm, I just got to be honest, y'all. I, I, you looking at, I'm 55 years old. I grew up in the fire. I came from a hardcore church. The power of God moved all the time. I'm not content with anything less than a move of God amongst the people of God. I believe that's what we need. It's like there's a big old ship in some of these churches. I've got a picture of what I'm talking about. It's made for ocean voyages. It's supposed to go way out into the deep and traverse from continent to continent, but it's stuck in the shallows. It's got its anchors down, and it's, it's, it's holding him in the shadow, uh, the shallows. And the, the sails are folded tight. They're not open to catch the wind of the Spirit. They're in bondage to shallow church. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. That's speaking of a sail that catches the wind and is filled with the Spirit and is propelled somewhere into some kind of purpose. Many of the ones who are stuck in the shallows will have the audacity, uh, and, and I'll speak personally, to, to say that, that we're in bondage, that I'm in bondage. I've been told, I have literally been told personally that I'm in, in bondage to doctrine, to holiness standards, to emotionalism, and so on and so forth. But let me state for the record, I'm not in bondage at all. My anchors are away. I've, I've pulled them up, and my sails are up, and I'm catching the wind of the Spirit. Honey, and I'm going somewhere where it's deep, where there's a flow of God's Spirit. I am not in bondage. I'm telling you, I've got the freedom of the Spirit, and so do you, and so does this church in Jesus' name. Give God some praise right now. I've been in bondage before. This ain't bondage. This ain't bondage. And a lot of, a lot of the folks stuck in the shallows, they've, they've, just, they've just learned it from their people. They're generations deep stuck in the shallows. They, they don't know any better or somebody did know better, refused to go there, and they put the anchor down for the family, and the family's stuck in the shallows. And you've got decades upon decades of brokenness because the vessel was supposed to go into the deep, but it's stuck in the shallows. And my assignment today is to invite them, you, anybody else who will hear me, pull up your anchors and hoist your sails and catch the wind of the Spirit and let's go somewhere for Jesus. You weren't made for the shallows. You were made for the deep. The Bible says that deep calls unto deep. The deepness of God is calling to the depth that's in you. It's saying, come on out a little deeper. I've got more for you. Ephesians 3.18 commands us, tells us that we are to desire, to seek, to grasp and comprehend and explore the length, width, depth, and height 
of God's love. Don't just talk about it. Plumb the depths. Go as deep as you can. And one of the ways you can do that is through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want to look at the fire. Everybody say wind. I want to look at the fire. In Luke 3, when Jesus was baptized by his cousin John, he came out of the water and he saw, John saw the Holy Spirit descend on Jesus like a dove. Interesting to me, like a dove. And in Acts 2, on the 120, the Holy Spirit descended and it was like a fire. So like a dove, and then it was like a fire. John the Baptist said that Jesus would, in turn, baptize people with the Holy Ghost and fire. In other words, when he's done, when he finishes his redemptive work, he's going to immerse believers in the Holy Ghost and fire. And that's exactly what happened in Acts 2. The work was done. That's why he sat down at the right hand of the Father and poured out this, Peter would say, which you now see and hear, the Holy Spirit. He started doing that in 33 A.D., and he's still doing that today, as McGuire said so well. We've had hundreds baptized in the Holy Ghost since we started Bethesda. A dozen or so this year already, and I want more. I'm not content with that. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's a case to be made for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, especially in this day and time when the church is losing ground and losing its influence in this world. We need the influence of the Holy Spirit back on us. Maybe we've tried to influence the world through the power of our brains and through the power of our uh, intellect or what have you. Maybe we should try to influence the world uh, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's strong stuff. We believe in the power of the Spirit here. Mark over here, Janice's brother, he told me last Sunday that he had been in this church 11 times, and uh, nine of those 11 times he has spoken in tongues. Come on now. We believe in the moving of the Spirit. You can say, well, that's weird, Pastor. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't come from that background. Well, if you believe in Jesus, you really kind of do come from that background. Because that's how the church was born. That's how the church should still be. And so, you know, yeah, that's weird. But the rest of the story is this. And I asked permission to share this. But he also told me, he said, Pastor, I smoked weed. This is unbelievable. I smoked weed. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, some of you acting like you don't. I know you do. For 44 years, every single day. But he said a few weeks ago, I took my last hit, and I hadn't had a hit since. So call it weird if you want to, but there's delivering power in the fire and the wind and the power. Of the Holy Ghost. Come on, give God some praise. You can dance around in the shallows all you want, but I'm not content until there's a deep flow. What addiction could be broken in this house today? What brokenness could be fixed in this house today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Now, I'm, I'm not talking about sounding religious. I'm talking about life change. Life change. Not, not a, a well-rehearsed prayer at the blessing. Father God, uh, we thank you for your bountiful blessings. And, and, and we, it sounds good. There's just no oomph. There's no power. There's no punch behind it. We've had Bethesda kids filled with the Holy Ghost. We, we have Holy Ghost Wednesdays. Uh, on, on the, I believe it's the first Wednesday of the month. It's just fantastic. And Cassandra, Chloe, Misty, Danny, Christy, Jason, Carla, Sabrina, Brenda, Karen, Samantha, all do. I think I got them all. An awesome job facilitating that. Because uh, Bethesda is also connected to, to missions so, so much, uh, North American and global. I get reports all the time of different ones saying we have some people get the Holy Ghost. Uh, to, uh, in the last two weeks, here's some reports. In the last couple weeks, 26 in Tennessee, 24 in Connecticut, 4 in Finland, 777 in Mexico City Friday night, 5 in Barcelona last week. Um, uh, reports from Iraq, Iran, uh, access challenged nations. God's filling people with the Holy Ghost. People are turning to Jesus, and because the work's done, He's pouring the Holy Spirit on them. Let me give you a number. It's mind-boggling. Over the last 120 years, 120 years, 45,000 people a day have been filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues. Valerie and I were in the same upper room from the book of Acts or around the area. And while we were in there, people were speaking in tongues in that upper room the same way that they were speaking in tongues 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. The fire is still falling, y'all. I have seen personally people filled with the Holy Ghost from all kinds of lands and people groups, from islands in the South Pacific, New Zealand, Australia, Vanuatu, into Africa, different nations in Africa, in this great country from coast to coast, north to south, in churches, homes, restaurants, places of business, in the streets, hospitals, prisons, in cars, buses, subways, college campuses, and at youth camps. Anybody in this room, did you get the Holy Ghost at youth camp in Tioga? Can I see any? What? I had no idea. That is phenomenal. I talk to people all the time, and, and they say, I've been to that camp. And I'm like, you got to be kidding. They came they visited, maybe they were in church, got out of church, maybe, whatever. I'm blown away. Listen to this. The late Dr. H. Vincent Sinan, historian and the dean of the School of Divinity at Regent University, he said this, it's estimated that more people have received the Holy Ghost at 1800 Hickory Hill Road in Tioga, Louisiana. More people have received the Holy Ghost there than at any other piece of real estate on the face of the planet. That's the campground where we go, send our kids, we do camps and stuff up there. I'm telling you, Jesus finished the work of redemption, and now the fire is falling and continues to fall. The theologians and commentators, they'll often say that this fire, the Holy Ghost in fire, they'll say this fire is a fire of judgment. And the idea uh, is, is definitely there in the text, but that's not all that's there. As a matter of fact, you could look at it like this. Think of judgment as a decision rendered. 
a sentence passed. And that judgment distinguishes and divides. In other words, that fire makes a difference. Everybody say, a difference. In other words, there will be a difference between those who have been touched by the fire and those who have not. Oh, my goodness. There is a difference between somebody who's been touched by the fire of God and somebody who has not. Jason, if you could help me get this thing out up here, this, this surprise that I have for this congregation. There's just something. Last week was Memorial Day weekend. And folks, there is just something about grilled meat. Oh. I mean, I know some of you grilled vegetables and all that stuff. That's fine. I do too. Corn, you know. Oh, let's grill some corn. That's great. How about some burgers and dogs? How about some steaks, man? Let's grill some meat. Let's grill some, let's grill some sausage. Let's grill, thank you. Let's grill some, uh, well, pineapple. Stop it. We do that too. I'm bougie, but I don't want to go wash my hands when I get done. That's the real truth. Yeah. I don't do this at home. <laughs> I do a lot of grilling, don't I? Grilling, smoking. Not smoking, you know, but you get it, smoking. <laughs> Felt like after all that, I need to clarify. All right, so. There's just some, you, you drive up into your neighborhood, don't you? I mean, you like, you come up, you, you, you're, you know, I have my top down most of the time. I'm driving in, man, and I start smelling like somebody's a grilling. Somebody's a grilling. Woo! Makes me want to grill. Makes me want to grill. Woo! I'm telling you. And, they, and you know, they got burgers and dogs, man. They're just, they laying it out there. It's, it's flaming up, char grilled. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I, I'm going to just start throwing stuff. Uh, Jason, I don't know what to do. That's cool. Yeah. This is why I got my gloves on right here. So, And you put those burgers on there, man. Woo. Get them set up. Get the little paper off there. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm going to put some seasoning on there and stuff. Uh, I'm probably going to pat it out. Or Valerie's going to pat it out. She does that sometimes. And, like, we're going to. We, we got all this, we got all this food going. It's like, it, it's just something about a grill sizzling. It's just, I mean, it, oh, it makes you salivate. You want it. You can smell it now if you start thinking about it. Man, I want that. Ooh, ooh, it's just something about that grill. Somebody's grilling. And, 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 and here's the deal. If you don't have fire, where, where's that thing? If you don't have fire, you ain't got a barbecue. You got raw meat sitting on some metal. Light it up, bud. Light it up. Just, just, oh, right? Just burn one of them. Who cares, man? I smell it. I'm, I'm telling right now, I, if you could smell that, you start salivating. Oh. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. There's a difference 
between this that has been touched, not touched by the fire, and this that has been touched by the fire. This is ready for something. There's a purpose in this right here. It's to go in my mouth and then into my belly. There's not a purpose for this. I don't want to eat this stuff. It's not ready. It's not been touched by the fire. Can I say this? Can I preach for a minute? God's wanting to set some of you on fire. He wants to give you a purpose and a meaning and make you where you can be used for God. And you got to be touched by the fire. Come on, give him some praise right now. Thank you. Woo! Oh, there's a difference between somebody that's been touched by the fire and somebody that's not. You're a sweet-smelling savor when you've been touched by the fire. I know that's simple. I know that's not very deep, but I'm telling you, you know, people will, will, will say, uh, man, that, that believer is on fire. That guy's on fire. Those people are on fire for God. You can say what you will, but here's the deal. A lot of us think we're ready, and we've not been touched by the fire yet. You're not ready until you've been touched by the fire. There's no such thing, first of all, as a hot dog that hasn't been touched by the fire. Uh, so just keep that in mind. That's not raw. That has been touched by the fire somewhere. And it, so there's a difference between a hot dog and a hamburger. you got to be touched by the fire. I believe that. The idea is all over the Bible. Stand with me right now. The idea is all over the Bible. Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. A candle can light up dark places. A candle can provide aromas. It can shine, be a beacon, provide warmth. But it can't do any of that. If it's not lit, if it's not been touched by the fire. Hebrews 12 tells us that our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. And if your spirit can catch on fire, there's nothing that God can't do through you. Moses was on the mountain getting the law. That's what Pentecost celebrates. And there was fire on that mountain when the law was being written on those tablets of stone. Now, God writes His law on tablets of our hearts, and He sets us on fire. Elijah said, the God that answers by fire, it's all throughout the Bible, let Him be God. Elijah built an altar, offered a sacrifice. Hello, that's repentance. And then he doused it, poured water all over it. Hello, that's baptism. And then the fire of God fell. God answered by fire. And the nation was forever changed. Isaiah 6. Isaiah had a vision of God. And God said, I'm going to send you. But first, I've got to touch your lips with a coal from the altar with the fire. It takes the fire. Now, what about you? Are you stuck in the shallows? Are you not moving anywhere? Maybe it's generations deep. And you gotta, you got to know there's more. You understand there's more. You're just not how, sure how to get there. I want to encourage you. 
pull up the anchors. Put your sails out there. Rely in faith on the wind. Let God lead you where He wants to lead you. Let me ask you this. Maybe you've not been used by God. Maybe it's because you've not been touched by the fire. And He's wanting to prepare you for what God has in store for you. Could you close your eyes with me right now? Father, I thank you so much for the sweet touch of God that has been in this house today, God. Lord, there is a presence of the Lord here that is just palpable, God. It's sweet. It's powerful. And God, we need you to move in this house. We need you to touch as only you can, God. We need you to make a way where there seems to be no way. Some of us have been stuck in the shallows, Lord, and just not where we should be, knowing there's more, but God, we just can't seem to quite get there. And I'm asking you right now if you could help us. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us. And for more information, you can visit us at GoBethesda.com. You can also visit us in person at 15050 Daigle Road, Prairieville, Louisiana. Services are at 10 a.m. Sunday and 7 p.m. on Wednesday.